News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. On One story, though, is going to be dominating the headlines today. The government will publish the summer economic statement uh, and begging the question, what should the government do to deal with the current cost of living crisis? We were talking about this in the last hour, Kira. Look, I'm, I was making the point... And I absolutely understand those people who are struggling, really struggling, and they are out there to put food on the table or to heat their homes need to be helped. But this budget is giving me the heebie-jeebies and it's also giving me a serious sense of deja vu of what we've done in the past. Uh, 6.5 billion, they're going to splurge on this. And there's a kind of a one for everyone in the audience approach. Uh, and look, politically, I think the government have no choice to do it. I think they're being driven by the opposition and I think they're being driven by the media as well. I think the media are absolutely fueling this, this sense of crisis and panic and all that. I think there's a lot of that from the media. I think sometimes we need to look at ourselves as well. But I do worry, will we look back at this weekend in particular? So Micheál Martin saying we're not going to raise the pension age beyond 66. And then I hear all the splurge in the budget. I do wonder when the next crash comes, and it will come at some point, will we look back and say we lost the plot around about now? I hope you're wrong, but I do think they have to do something. And I don't think it's just down to political, I suppose, uh, opportunism on on the part of the opposition or indeed to the media. I think, you know, I I said this in the first hour, I am a well-paid worker in in, in this economy and I go... Every time I fill my oh, car yeah. at the no, moment. Definitely. Every time I go to the, to the supermarket but, at the but moment. But should you get state help for that? No, I shouldn't get state help. But, but I think you we, will. But if we only limit it, Shane, to people on social welfare and on very low incomes and on fixed incomes, the squeezed middle, you've got to feel sorry for the squeezed middle because they are the ones who are paying for everything. They get very, very little and they are the ones being really crucified in the middle because they, they don't have enough so money throw out the to budget be, rules you see but the, that are, there are we for throwing, a reason are we throwing oh, out we are, are, we we, absolutely oh, no, hang are. On, are we because we are heading into a recession and there is an argument for spending to offset that there is an argument yeah, there is an, you but, can make but, an economic argument but let's be argument. clear we are suspending the budget economic rules we are actually doing but that but you could argue that we're on the on the cusp of it being a, a counter cyclical move and it, it, that, that it, it may be something that has benefit look let us know this morning. Shane is getting the heebie-jeebies. He thinks this is a, a, you know, a, a, a Charlie McCreevy uh, scenario when I have it, I spend it. I, I think we have to do something and maybe more than, than, than he thinks we, we have to do. But let us know. 53106 at a cost or tweet us this morning at NT Breakfast. Have we gone too far in this budget or are we getting it right? OK, let's stay with this issue now. We're joined by Jared Howland, Public Affairs Consultant and Sunday Times columnist and Paul Murphy, uh, People uh, Before Profit TD uh, for Dublin uh, South West. Uh, Jared, um, are, are you nervous about where this is going? Very. Um, I have your heebie-jeebies. I, I no longer have the honour, by the way. Of, of I, I, as soon as I read it, I realised that. My apologies. I have seen you writing in the Irish Times uh, quite, uh, quite regularly indeed. recently, so my apologies. But much more importantly, um, I, I think in relation to you know what Kira just said, is that what you do when you spend lots of money that you borrow at higher interest rates and the cost of government borrowing has already increased by 2% this year. That's a start of something that's going to increase. We've been told that by the ECB. In addition, the ECB has withdrawn from the bond markets. And what that means is that government debt across Europe, including Ireland, is no longer being carried by the ECB. So every penny we borrow from here on in at those higher interest rates will be on the open market. And we can remember what happened to Ireland on the open market in 08, 09, 10, 11, uh, when the markets no longer had confidence in us. We're nowhere near that scenario. And I'm not saying we are. 
But what I am saying is that if you borrow at increased interest rates, you're vulnerable to the market taking a few and, and those interest rates accordingly increase. It is only the squeeze middle in the end who will have the, all the responsibility of paying all that back. You're doing that in a scenario where, because of an aging population, there are proportionately fewer workers in the future over the coming decades to pay back that debt. It is like going on holidays uh, with your credit card uh, and not thinking through the consequences. Uh, and uh, breaking the, the budget rules, which are there for a purpose, which the promise the government made us was that all of the spending would taper, that for the first time in many years next year, there would be a small surplus. And why is a budget surplus important? It's important for the future. It's important for governments to be able to provide services in a downturn that are most required by those most in okay. need. All right. So spending to chase inflation is fool's gold. Uh, but let's bring in Paul Murphy, people before Profit TD for uh, Dublin South West. Uh, Paul, fool's gold? Well, to be clear, we're not arguing for increasing borrowing. Uh, what we're pointing out is that this is an enormously wealthy country. We're the fifth richest country in the world's GDP per capita. The energy companies, the food companies, and the billionaires in Ireland have massively increased their profits. They are profiteering off this crisis. Literally every single electricity company have announced significant increases in their profits. The same is the case in terms of food. And the billionaires increased their total wealth in this country by 16 billion euros during the course of the pandemic. So we're saying that that wealth should be used to mean that ordinary people are not experiencing the energy poverty that currently one in three people are experiencing the crisis when people go to fill their cars, as has been mentioned, or the prices in uh, grocery stores that people are currently um, experiencing. So one thing that can be done actually at, at no cost to the exchequer and is vital is the question of price controls. Um, we should impose price controls on petrol, on diesel, on electricity, on kerosene, um, just as has been done in France, Spain and Portugal, and cut into some of the super profiteering that is going on by the energy companies in those sectors and guarantee people, OK, a reasonable price for those uh, products. Um, we should impose a windfall tax on the profits being made by these uh, corporations. Um, and then we should, for example, you know, increase people who are on social welfare payments, basic fixed income, they have to be increased by 10%. I mean, inflation is now running at almost 10%. Are we saying these people should go further into, into poverty? And then we should have a measure to ensure that all people are protected. We should give people a significant uh, credit, uh, as was done in terms of the, the okay. electricity credit. And, and that, that works out about uh, t- a 10% increase would work out about €1.5 billion. Euros. Uh, would, would what you're um, proposing uh, cover that uh, windfall tax taxing the rich? A windfall tax would raise uh, 300 million euros. A millionaire's tax, uh, which is what, for example, Oxfam called for on millionaires and multimillionaires and billionaires in this country, would raise almost 5 billion euros. That doesn't even talk about. And I think, really? You know, the, yeah, 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 yeah. You can check the figures, and the Oxfam has very, very similar uh, figures. Yeah, or is that based on people's property, though, rather than, I mean, how many, like 5 billion sounds like a huge amount of money. Are there that many millionaires and, in Ireland? 
Well, but that's the point. Like, like that's exactly the point. Is that there is a lot of wealth in this country. You know, the billionaires in this yeah, country, just billion. the billionaires, increased their wealth by sixteen billion euros in the course of the pandemic. And the question is, if as a society we're going to say, oh, it's, it's okay for those people just to accumulate as much wealth as is possible, while there is a crisis for the majority of people okay. in this country. And the last thing I was that doesn't touch, for example, and we need to go there. The whole question of corporation tax, the corporation tax loophole. Ireland as a tax haven and closing those and increasing Okay, the let's bring back Jared Highland. Jared, are you persuaded by anything that Paul Murphy is, is, is saying there in terms of price controls, taxing the rich, windfall taxes? Well, I, I'd love to live in that world because it means that we have uh, fairly straightforward, e- easy solutions and we would have little to worry about. Uh, the reality is that Ireland is a small open economy, I believe the second most open in the world. Uh, we depend on foreign direct investment that is highly mobile. So if we unilaterally do some, any or all of the things Paul proposes, those people are free uh, to take their investments elsewhere. Uh, and he knows that. In relation to corporation tax, we've been told time and again over recent years, we are already overly dependent on the fruits of the very investments, the Pacific wealth that Paul wants to impose massive additional taxes on. Of course, billionaires are, are, are getting richer. I accept that. I accept the inequity of it. But what I don't accept is that there's an easy way to catch them uh, or other money in, that will not do us in, given our economic model. And in relation to common garden millionaires, and I stress I'm nowhere next nigh or near being, being any such thing, so I have no vested interest in, in their well-being or their fortune, um, if you include people's property, um, that includes a vast waste of the population here, and the idea that there's much of an appetite for that, including the sort of property taxes that would have to underlie it. Unfortunately, because I'm in favour of property taxes, I didn't realise Paul and his colleagues were, by the way. Uh, but but there you are. Perhaps he's changed his his position on that. Paul Murphy. Unfortunately, there are no easy answers, and the only thing that gets you through inflation is restraint. Okay, Paul Murphy. Yeah, firstly, on the so-called property tax, so we're in favour of a property tax. We're in favour of a tax on assets, on shares, on on mansions, on swimming pools, on all of that. What we're not in favour of is a home tax. And so, for example, the millionaire's tax that we're talking about um, gives everyone a million euros first. You don't pay tax on anything until you have over a million euros. So it excludes everybody's uh, first homes and, and so on. The second point is that the idea that the only thing we can do here is restraint. It's terrible, terrible world we have. You know, billionaires get richer, people are living in poverty, people in work are living in poverty, but sure, there's just nothing that we can do. It's a very convenient ideology because it protects the interests of the rich. Fundamentally, I think that Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, commentators like Jared represent the interests of the rich. And for them, it suits them to say, unfortunately, nothing can be done. It's a terrible, terrible crisis altogether. Okay. All right. but we can't do anything. Actually, things I, I have can to, be done. I have to France, let Jared, Germany and Spain, I, I, for example, have introduced prices. Okay, I do have to let Jared respond to that. Um, having had experience long ago in, in government when huge mistakes were made in terms of managing the economy of this country, mistakes I, I see being remade now as we speak. The big mistake no, was Paul, Paul, let, let Jared finish. Let Jared finish. Let's not, but let's not rewrite what the crisis was about. It was not about paying social welfare recipients. Let's, it let's, was about letting out banks. Okay, it well, well, actually, a big, big part of that crisis uh, was rate, uh, levels of public expenditure that were completely unsustainable. Uh, and that is a fact. Uh, and in relation to restraint uh, and what it takes to be restrained politically in terms of public sector pay agreements, 
in terms of public spending. There is nothing that requires more activism, more gumption or more strength than that very restraint in circumstances like this. Okay, we do have to leave it there. Uh, Jared Howland, Public Affairs uh, Consultant, uh, Paul Murphy, People Before Profit TD for Dublin Southwest. Uh, thank you both for talking to News Talk Breakfast. Let us know your take on that debate. 5216 at a cost of 30 cents. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News.